Hello, and welcome to a new episode of The View Podcast, our first ever podcast series on leaders in retail. I'm Akshara, your host for the day, and we're very excited about today's episode. If you tuned into our previous episodes, we talked about how brands picked themselves up after the great retail apocalypse. We also talked a little bit about the state of omnichannel retail, what good customer experience should look like, and the evolution of social media as a marketing tool. Today's focus is the Indian retail market. With a customer retail spending growing to reach 975 billion euros by the end of 2022, there's a lot of opportunities for European brands and other international brands in India. And I'd say that a huge testament to that is the success of high street brands like H&M and Zara that have really gained um, widespread acceptance from the Indian consumer. What's interesting to note, though, is that there have been very few Indian retailers that have been able to scale with their Make in India philosophy. The one thing they've been able to prove, though, is the dominance of offline retail in India and the growing market for homegrown labels. Our guest for today has been successful in propelling that notion and is seeing immense growth in her business venture. We're so excited to welcome Anjana Reddy, the founder of Universal Sportsbiz, an Indian fashion retail company. The company has a bunch of celebrity-endorsed brands specializing in trendy clothing and accessories. Her brands Wrong, Imara, and Mistaken sell in over 500 stores across the country and on e-commerce platforms like Mintra. Wrong is actually in partnership with Indian cricket star Virat Kohli, and Axel was one of their earliest investors. In 2017, Anjana was also part of Forbes 30 Under 30 list in Asia in the retail and e-commerce segment. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anjana. Can you tell us a little bit about how the idea for USPL came together and what the whole journey has been like? Uh, thank you for having me here. I think this is completely ambushed by Ashwini. But yeah, thank you guys for having me here. Uh, so the business idea started when I was in college. I think I was in my dorm room and I decided that uh, I had an option between joining investment banking or working for myself. And I think I loved, I enjoyed working and after working 100, 110 hours a week, I decided I'd rather do it for myself. So I decided to move back to India and uh, start a merchandise memorabilia company because I think there was a massive scope in the market. Uh, Growing up in the Midwest, I was 17 when I left for the US. So growing up in the Midwest, I saw sport playing such a large role in in people's lives and merchandise playing an even bigger role. And I said, you know, in a country like India, where there's, where cricket is religion, why can't, you know, why can't there be a proper merchandising company, uh, you know, doing some interesting stuff. So moved back to India, took me a year and a half to, you know, run around the world, got Sachin Tendulkar on board. Uh, after Sachin Tendulkar, we went in for uh, fundraise. So Axel Partners joined me, Series A, and has been with me through, yeah, through Series D, four rounds of funding. And uh, so while we were working on the celebrities, so the idea was to connect celebrities with with the uh, fans and we tried to do this through merchandise. But while doing merchandise, we tried four, five, six different things and then we realized that apparel was something that there was a huge traction for. I remember Sachin retired, uh, Sachin's last test match, Sachin's last match in Bombay. And uh, I was driving to the Wankade and he got, he just gets out and then we drove past the stadium. I didn't go in and I saw a bunch of people actually wearing the I love Sachin stuff that we made. And that's when I thought, I mean, why don't we, why are we looking this, uh, you know, at this as merchandise? Why can't we look at this as a pure play brand? And having moved back from the US just about then, I was like, 
there's a gap of brands like an Abercrombie or a Superdry. In that point of time, there were none of these brands in India. And we saw a massive gap. And being in the TG myself, I said, you know, let's look at it from a complete brand perspective. So we studied the market for a good one year and analyzed where the gaps in the market was, what were the categories that we were looking at. And then we found two large gaps. One was men's clothing and the other was women's ethnic clothing. And uh, staying true to what we decided was targeting the youth. So it's by the youth, for the youth sort of a thing. And so we decided to get Virata on board. And that point of time, Shraddha as well. Shraddha Kapoor was our first brand ambassador for Imara. And that's how we kickstarted our journey with, uh, you know, both the celebs and pivoted from merchandising into a pure play fashion business. And I think fashion is something which is so personal. So, I mean, e-commerce was all around me living in Bangalore. But I guess, you know, fashion is something which is so personal. You need a touch and feel. And that's predominantly why I believed in offline. And the only thing about e-commerce I knew was how to spell .com. And I said, you know, this is not playing to my strengths. And I think we were late in the e-commerce game because by 2012, there were every everybody was in the e-commerce business. But I thought we were really early in the brand space. Uh, we've never seen truly a global brand being built out of India from a brand perspective. I mean, most Indian brands we're looking at are typically value if if they've, uh, you know, penetrated globally. So we wanted to be, you know, we said, can we actually build a brand out of India? And in fashion, it made a lot more sense because the supply chain uh, completely, completely supported you. Most of the large brands globally, you know, purchased from India. And, you know, I said, why can't an Indian brand cynic in India do what, you know, a Ralph Lauren or a Gap or any of these large brands are doing. And I, I mean, we took it upon as a challenge. And yeah, we're having fun giving a run for the money to a lot of these multinational companies today. And uh, so we have three brands and uh, yeah, 500 points of sale, both online and offline. That sounds like an incredible journey. Um, you know, Anjana, as a country, India is highly driven by celebrity culture and both Bollywood and cricket are sort of an irreplaceable part of that, right? Um, even when it comes to retail, brand association is always something that ties back to their favorite celebrity for most youngsters. Tell us a little bit about how a celebrity-driven brand is a lot more impactful today. So for us, I guess, I mean, a lot of companies globally have used celebrities. I think we've used them very differently. I think one is we've used the celebrity for the celebrity. So if you look at Virat, we've not we've used him as his personality. We've asked Virat to be Virat. And we're probably the one of the only few brands that he works with that uses Virat for Virat and not Virat the cricketer, right? Because that's one side of the of a person you don't get. And I think, I mean, so brand building is a lot about how you can leverage the celebrity and what you can do. But I think for us, the core focus of the success of this business. Keeping the celebrity aside is is product, right? Because I think India is an extremely value-driven market and the product price proposition is what is driving the consumers to buy. I mean, if you remove all the fluff of the celebrity and all of that, end of the day, it's somebody's hard-earned money and why should I spend it on, you know, anything if if I'm not completely convinced with it? And I think for us... That focus on product price and getting the right distribution in place has been something which has been game-changing. Typically, you see a lot of celeb-led companies which add the celeb cost onto the product, making it unviable. So most people who walk into our stores are like, I mean, how the hell is it priced like this? Why, you know, isn't this Virat Kohli's, right? But yeah, end of the day, there is an inherent cost of the product. There is a value to the product and we've stayed true to it. The way we've seen celebrity is it's a discoverability tool. It's a source of credibility. 
I mean, if you're looking at 2,000 brands out on Mintra and you see Virat Kohli's face standing out, I mean, it's you're more prone to click on it. And same thing in, in you know, in a large format retail or in a mall concept where you have, you know, 50, 60, 100 brands out there and you see a familiar known face looking at you, you're more prone to at least walking towards it. But that is what it does. It drives footfalls. It brings in that credibility saying, okay, there's somebody associated with it. The product is credible. But it finally boils down to the basics. I mean, the product needs to sell. The product needs to speak for itself. And I think for us, that basic focus has been clear from day one. And I think that's that's why we've been able to disrupt. And I, I mean, you're not celebrity-led. I think we've been able to blend the personalities really well and actually build a brand out of it. That's so true. In fact, each of your brands stands out because of how they serve a specific audience segment. Um, can you tell us, what becomes a priority when you're running a company that's growing multiple brands at the same time? I think in a startup world, everything is priority. Everything has had to be done yesterday. So I think, I mean, they're enough. I mean, all the brands are split into various teams. Everything is a burning hurry. So for me, I don't think it's it's hard to prioritize, honestly. I think, you know, if, if there's a burning issue, then we stay back in office and make sure it gets done. Uh it honestly is difficult to prioritize because I think everything is important. No problem is small or big and everything needs to be done now. So that's one thing everybody laughs when they come to me. So when they ask me, what are the timelines? I'm like, yesterday, it's always yesterday. I mean, we are a growing startup. I mean, it, it has to be. There is a lot of action and everything is priority. So we, we try to figure it out, but everything needs to get done. <laughs> so I assume that each day is never really the same for you. Um, What's a day at work like for you when you're managing all these brands and when you have so much going on? Honestly, have a good team taking care of it. Yeah, it's not, uh, I mean, it's not four brands. It's, it's all the same, right? I mean, you're looking at the same channels. You're looking at uh, the same almost similar vendor base. So the problems inherently are very similar other than the design issues that lead into it. A day starts typically at 10 I have a late riser, so day starts at 10 and then ends when it ends. It's, I don't sleep before 2. So 10 to 2 is my typical working day. 10 to 10 is typically office. And then whatever leftover is what I go back home and do. But it's 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 a, it's a very difficult for me, at least as a startup founder, CEO, to, to figure out what my day is. I start my day saying I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to flip. I'm going to have a good day in office. But it always invariably ends the other way, right? Uh, it, it's not regimented. It's it's not like I mean. So we do have Tuesday weekly meetings. So it's it's structured in certain ways. But the fun part of the of a startup is the dynamism that comes with the startup, and I think that's something I really don't want to lose. So yeah, we still have our structured meetings. I still have my monthly reports. I still have my you know uh, quarterly reports that go out to the board. Our board meetings, Tuesday reports, uh, Tuesday leadership meetings, Monday sales meetings. All that's there. But I try not to keep my life as, you know, as structured as possible because I think if you still, there's a lot of room for us to grow. I don't think we're there yet for us to lead such a structured life. I think there's still a lot of learning to to do. That's so true, though. Startups aren't really a place for structure. Um, In fact, let's talk a little bit about your retail strategy itself. Um, In an interview earlier this year, you had said that USPL sees about 60% of its revenue coming just from offline retail. Uh, because of its rapid growth in tier two cities. Do you plan to expand your uh, e-commerce strategy as well? So, I mean, for us, the way we look at it is, yeah, 60% of my business is offline today. It probably will will probably taper around 70% because 
end of the day what is the internet penetration we're looking at what is the reach that online has that we are looking at uh, offline still a large part of the market and especially in a country like india where a large part of the unorganized retail is moving to the organized sector i think room for growth is significant having said that so is e-commerce i think for us both channels are equally important both are growing channels unlike uh, you know the rest of the world where offline has stagnated to a large extent i think india honestly has a lot of room we're looking at being at least in the top 100 cities we probably at 56 right now excuse me so we're looking at at least the top 100 cities from an offline standpoint and e-commerce yeah we just went live with wrong.in we're looking at launching the other two websites uh, very soon in the next uh, week and uh, i think ideally where i look at it 3 years from now is a seamless experience between online and offline a lot of brands have said it a lot of people say they do it i haven't seen it so i think for us omni channel in the true sense is something that we're trying to work towards and hopefully in the three in the next 3 years we'll look at a seamless integration between online and offline so for me i look at it as as one large market and you know the way to get to it is is two different strategies but to you know somewhere down the line it needs to merge right that's um that's interesting when you talk about e-commerce and omni channel retail technology plays such a big role how do you see it in terms of brand building so i guess technology is the way of the future and for us uh we're trying to implement technology across board uh right so right now we capture data right from design till the point of sale till the time the product actually hits the floor so we're looking at automating all of this we're looking at using tech to analyze data to predict sales to forecast uh buying patterns to forecast supply to forecast demand so I mean I think tech is extremely essential because beyond a certain scale it is impossible for excel to do stuff so at at the scale that we currently are and we are looking at we are at various stages of implementation of tech across board and I mean I guess whether you're a brand or not I think if in today's day and age you're not implementing tech then you're really really far behind so I think I mean for us technology is really important and we're working with a bunch of you know really competent people because we don't have that strength in house but we value uh, you know where what technology is and where it can take the business and we are in different stages of implementing it across different problem statements uh, in the company can you tell us a little bit about where you see the brand grow and where you see yourself in the next 5 years brand grow i mean the objective was always to be india's first global brand so i mean that is the big vision if that can happen that's fab uh where i grow i don't know i mean next 5 years is too long i mean it's, it's startup world i mean i'm running me on my tail right now so i think 5 years is too far down the road but uh, yeah the the endeavor is to be india's first truly global brand and uh, actually stay true to the brand and actually build a brand so i think we would have arrived if we are able to build one brand out and yeah that's always been the goal that's amazing sounds like a great plan um Andrea, given your experience with uh, retail startups in the last decade, what are some actionable points for young entrepreneurs that are getting into the retail space? Retail space don't get in, but young entrepreneurs in general, I think, I think perseverance. I think that's what you require. I think as a founder, there will be a lot of ups and downs, but I think sticking to your gut and sticking to what you believe in, even if the world around you says no, is something that's critical and. and most people always ask me one question when's a good time i honestly don't think any time is a good time now is the best time i think you know you believe in something jump into it do it now i so i think yeah that's that's something i would advise everybody is 
trying to venture out into doing something on their own. Right. Right. And specifically when you're building teams, what do you uh, usually look for in a new hire? For me, I look for only one quality. I think an entrepreneurial drive. I don't care about age, experience, gender, qualification, background. Nothing matters to me, I guess. I mean, we give too much importance to ourselves. I don't think anything is rocket science. Everything can be learned as long as you've got the intent to do it. And for me, that's the one thing and the only thing that I look for, the entrepreneurial drive. Because whatever you do, how much ever you plan, things will, shit will hit the ceiling. And you've got to have somebody who's... Who's got the mindset to be to take things in his or her stride and be able to fix it? So I think for me that is the only quality I honestly look for. That's actually a really great point, Anjana, for uh, people who are starting off in the retail industry. And with that, we come to the end of the episode with Anjana Reddy today. There's clearly no dearth of excitement at USPL, um, and we're looking forward to seeing how the brand grows. And we've learned so much about the brand today. So thank you for that once again. Going back to Anjana's conversation, it's interesting to observe how celebrity culture drives brand association so deeply and that India is still dominated by offline retail in spite of mammoths like Amazon, Mintra and Flipkart. As we continue this conversation about multiple channels of retail, we have an announcement to make. We're very excited to host our first webinar featuring Forrester. Our Chief Product Officer, Julia Dietmar at View.ai, will be hosting guest speaker Brendan Witcher, the Vice, Vice President and Principal Analyst at Forrester. Tune into their conversation about the new retail imperative, individualizing omnichannel experiences using AI and automation on November 1st from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you do want to register, head over to our site, View.ai, and fill in the forms. Until then... We hope you enjoyed today's conversation and don't forget to tune in to our next episode on October 12th. Goodbye.